one person's perspective the healthcare crisis in eastern canada hi and welcome to the a and j pei treasures e gene simpson author blog post and podcast i'm your host gene usually coming to you from the beautiful province of prince edward island canada oh thank you this week, I'm on the road live from our neighbors in New Brunswick, Canada. The blog post and podcast is an opinion piece and only reflects this author's opinion and not that of any other entity. I hold no designation in politics and am a humanitarian and speak from experience and from that viewpoint only. Whether you agree or not, at least I hope it makes you think. Today, I discussed a healthcare crisis that is going on in Eastern Canada. I specify because I've lived on both ends of our beautiful country, and it might be bad in other areas, but in the Maritimes and Atlantic Canada, it seems worse. It's from my perspective, having lived on both sides of the country. If you want to find out more, then stay tuned. Let me start off by saying that I knew things were a bit more difficult on the East Coast when I decided to move back home. I'd been living in Edmonton, but my heart has always been home, the East Coast. In Edmonton, I had very little problem to find a doctor. I had a specialist and a doctor. Emergency is rough all over. I've had serious illnesses while in Alberta and was left in emergency for hours. That doesn't change, depending on how big the area and the triage. For example, I was very ill at one time. They marked it down that I was just having a bad period. At least that's what I heard them say as I walked away. By the time I saw someone, I had been in pain for hours, barely able to sit down. They got a newer specialist to see me. Her comment on the way in was chipper enough. They had done some tests and she announced that her goal was that she wanted to make sure I didn't bleed out on her tonight. Yes, give or take exactly words. I ended up having serious surgery and it took a long time to get well. And the surgery took some time. The triage system puts a tag and that's what decides when you see someone. There is some danger in that, but that's the system. Fast forward a few weeks ago, I got a call that my mother was in hospital and the family needed help when she got out. I knew my father in his late 80s was left alone. My mother in her early 80s was in hospital. So my husband and I decided to drop me at my parents' house and he would stay home and I would stay with my parents and help out. This was a province away drive. I get there and they guesstimate the hospital to stay for someone who was in their 30s. It takes double that time for the elderly. This was not avoidable. It did set my father's expectations higher than they should have been. But in the meanwhile, I could make sure that he was eating and regular meals and had some healthy food. In them. We called to see if we would be allowed to visit. Apparently, there was only one person in the whole of the hospital to be able to say if one could visit or not. It was on a Friday. They were away for the weekend before we found out this was a possibility. So we had to wait until Monday. On Monday, she would only be there a day or two more, so did we mind to wait? It was a surgery floor, so I can understand the reluctance. Didn't want to drag in COVID or something to the people who just had surgery. That could be deadly. But it took multiple calls to even have this decided. All those highly qualified people and not one with an ounce of authority are allowed to explain. 
I have to say I'm not entirely unable to comprehend. I'm highly educated. I just had health issues that forced me into early retirement. Seems strange to me that I had to wait three days for someone to explain that please wait to me thing. Finally, my mother was released. At least we were called by the hospital and they said she was released. My father got there. They are understaffed. It's not easy for them. I want to be clear, the staff there they have are top-notch and the paramedics, etc. are all top-of-the-line professionals. I thank them very much for their service and I feel bad that they have to deal with lack of staff, overwork, etc. And some people blaming them for what they have to do to follow the rules they are given. There was only one nurse that was aware that she was being released and she was done for the day and gone, I think. No one seems to know anything. No one was informed. So he had someone waiting, thinking she would be ready when they got there. The person had to wait and wait. And worse, she had other business to attend to. The problems now have reached the stage where the staff are suffering, the patients are suffering, and anyone who even does a favor for someone going in the hospital is made to wait unnecessarily, so they're suffering. This problem doesn't just affect the patient, it affects everyone. So my mother was home two days and doing we thought well, I'm not a doctor, but then she got pains. The paramedic was here in no time, lives close by. He came, took a look at her and called an ambulance straight away. The ambulance got here, very professional staff, came in, checked over my mother and decided to take her to the hospital. But of course, they were in a bad situation now. We didn't know, but the emergency didn't have enough staff and they were only taking dire emergencies. Now we're in the middle of a long weekend and they have emergency almost closed. This is a large area. Long weekends are the worst time to have short staff. It's when a lot of accidents tend to happen. People at home barbecuing, doing house and yard stuff, having parties, yet almost no emergency department. Between COVID and everything, the staff are just overworked and no rhyme or reason to when things are done for them. They must be pulling out their hair. I was up half the night calling to see if they had any information. It was after midnight, after all the stress, when they finally told me she was still being tested and I should call in the morning. I called several more times the next day. Doctor wasn't available until mid-afternoon. They get an emergency, then patients are waiting for hours and hours. That can't be helped. I understand this. Mid to late afternoon, I finally got word that she was comfortable and they removed the stuff from surgery and she would be staying a few days. So finally, my mother was in emergency, not enough beds. They couldn't find a bed for her. She's in her early 80s. My father's in his late 80s. So we have a situation where the hospitals are understaffed. The authorities that pay for the hospitals are saving every cent and it's going to be killing people. It is as bad or worse on the island. I have no doctor, no specialist. I have medical conditions. There they seem to sign on people who are ready to retire or they do apparently from what I was told from one doctor, contracts. So by the time they see you, they can only follow you for about three months. But I think the contract is maybe almost a year or something. I'm not sure. I can't remember. What good does that do? I'm back on the list for an actual doctor, but then so are 22,000 other people. And I got a link to a news article in my write-up for my podcast and in my blog post. So to put this in some sort of perspective, there are over 164,000 people on the island. So that works out to about around uh, one out of every seven people on the island have no doctor. And I have the population uh, linked to that in my blog post and in my podcast write-up. 
Specialists seem to be able to write their own ticket yet. Now you tell me if you're a doctor or a nurse and you graduate from medical school, assuming you're still able to do the job and you get offered a long-term job somewhere with medical coverage, what benefits including retirement, and then you're offered something in a little place on contract, which would you take? The one that has a contract and you don't get medical, you don't get perks or retirement. So why, unless you didn't get the, another offer, would you take it? You'd take the one that offers you a full job. I can't blame them for that. If you take the contract, then you're likely to take it just long enough to get a job in one of the better off places. Doctors, I would presume, are not foolish. They aren't going to go for contract work when they can get a real job with benefits and retirement. Who wouldn't? What I find is that everyone is complaining. Now, they also seem to want to blame people. How is this sorting anything out? From what I hear, what little I hear, the doctors and nurses are frustrated and tired. They aren't at fault for this. They deserve good pay and good treatment. They deserve not to be working like dogs, too. The same goes for other important things like fire, etc. Anyway, they are not at fault. The people who are sick or have medical conditions, they are not at fault. They didn't ask for it. It's not the fault of the paramedics, etc. From what I saw, all of them were top-notch at the hospital and hardworking. They seem to know their ethics, and they can't just give information from anyone at the hospital, nor give it out. It isn't allowed by the ethics. That I can understand. They know the rules, and that makes them top-notch professionals. At first, one of the calls I made to the hospital, they told me they couldn't release information to me, just to my father. My mother had added me a long time ago, so it seems that the information isn't available in the hospital. So I said, that's funny, I never had this problem before, which was slightly inaccurate as the first time ever they had to get my mother's permission, but no trouble after that. They then put me through. So in the hospital, it seems only one or two know things and the rest have no access to do their jobs. Now, how can they do their jobs? They finally let her out of hospital, short one card of her medication and one of her Medicare cards. Now, this worries me on a few levels, and it has nothing to do with the missing medication. It's not a petty concern. Most easy for me is, what does this mean? Are they not doing inventory of patient property? This would be bad. Are they using the pills for her and just no one knows? Not a happy prospect either. Or third, is there an issue with pills? So any of these are really not happy thoughts. This makes it something should be looked into and policies made. So my beloved Canada, what are we doing to our elderly? What are we doing to ourselves? What are we doing to our professionals? What are we doing to each other? It is not right. Nurses and doctors shouldn't be so hard to find or get, but they will be if not treated like human beings too. You think you can just buy health? As Roy T. Bennett said, top 15 things money can't buy. Time, happiness, inner peace, integrity, love, character, manners, health, respect, morals, trust, patience, class, common sense, dignity. I agree we should not be made to live like animals in our own country. Yes, we are not the richest province. Yes, we have been poorer than the other provinces. However, you can't get back your health once it's gone, and leaving people to die like animals when they are older is not right. We need to have compassion for all. We need to have health care available to all. Health care should not be just for the rich or the well. It should be for all Canada. 
It should never matter who you are or what you do for a living. I know for a fact a high up gets hurt. I'm thinking of a premier in Alberta and it hit the news way back then. They took him right in, treated him right away. Then he had no idea there were problems. He, his idea was I got treated right away. And uh, I think at the time he had hurt a rib or something. I forget the details, but this is just an example. Every human being is important. Right now I have to deal with a computer to get my medication. They say I have to have a doctor because I have to do tests, but I don't have a doctor. I thought that was what was the computer was for. It gave me access to a doctor. I'd love to have a doctor that would be respectful. I won't even tell you about my last experience with, with the doctors on the beautiful island of Prince Edward Island. It would curl your hair. So someone needs to advocate for the patients. Someone needs to advocate for our elderly. Some elderly can't feed themselves. They need help. Remember the elderly are our living history and deserve respect. And remember someday you may be elderly. Now I can only speak from my perspective of English Canadian from the Maritimes. What I can tell you is that many of us don't complain and we take it and take it. We're used to things being rough. But to be used as a doormat to the political system and allowed to take over our hospitals, what are we thinking? To have people who have no thought about how their decisions affect the lives of others. The crisis here is one of common sense and common decency. Not on the part of the doctors, nurses, and paramedics so much, but on the part of the government and the highest echelons of the hospital system. Not the hospital themselves. However, I'm sure if the doctors and nurses were involved in decision-making, things would be changed for the better. There needs to be something done. I've heard that more than once. I cannot do it alone. You cannot do it alone. But together we can change the system. We have a voice. We forget this. We forget that we have the vote. We forget that we have a tongue with which to speak. We remember it long enough to complain amongst ourselves, but we need to do more. We need to get petitions. We need to call our MLAs and MPs. We need to take it to the legislature. Let everyone in government know that the health care system is in trouble and you're willing to vote for whoever is going to fix it. If they say they're going to do it and do nothing, kick them out the next elections. Sooner or later, they will believe that you mean what you say. They will start to say what they mean, and maybe we can save our healthcare system, which has top-notch workers, before they murder it. The life you're saving could be your own or that of one of your loved ones. Lots of stuff we can live with, but without our health, we're not any good to anyone. You may or may not agree, but at least I hope it'll make you think about it. Thanks for listening to my podcast and or reading my blog post, and thanks for your interest in AJPEI Treasures. Keep watching for more ebooks and more formats. We're always working on something. Thank you. Our blog posts are available on WordPress and Goodreads. Podcasts are available on Anchor FM, iHeartRadio, Podchaser, and Amazon, just to name a few. My ebooks can be found on Amazon and Smashwords, and I have links to all those in the write-up to my podcast and in my blog post. Thank you for listening. Have a nice day. Bye for now. Yeah.